Hey, it's Patrick from Element FM. I got the chance to chat with Matthew McKenzie. He's an award-winning playwright and co-wrote the first Métis Man of Odessa, which is showing in Toronto until April 8th before touring across the country. Let's find out more about the man behind the play and who Matthew McKenzie is. <laughs> who am I? Uh, well, I'm a playwright. I'm a citizen of the Métis Nation of Alberta. I live in Toronto now, and uh, I'm running a little theater company called Punctuate Theater, and I'm also involved with a really cool collective of uh, Indigenous playwrights called the Pemmican Collective, made up of Indigenous playwrights from across the country. Um, and I'm uh, married, and I've written and I perform in a show with my wife, Maria Homatova, called First Métis Man of Odessa. And the First Métis Man of Odessa is our son, Ivan. Um, and he is two, almost two and a half now, raising hell downstairs as we speak. Everyone has their own reasons for doing what they do, but what made Matthew want to become a playwright? Well, I got into acting as a kid, and I love theater, but I didn't love being on stage, which makes being in this show, you know, pretty nerve-wracking. I'm being myself, fortunately, so that's not too, too big a leap, but... Uh, but yeah, no, I just fell in love with the medium and the ability theater has to sort of speak to things on a, on a visceral level that, that maybe other mediums don't always have. And since I was like 16, I wanted to be a playwright. You know, I went to the National Theater School of Canada, their playwriting program, but I think I have the record for failed applications. Uh, so, <laughs> so it took them a while to let me in. Finally, they just were like, okay, like we got it. We got to give this guy a slot or else he's just going to keep bugging us for years to come so so uh so yeah and then uh and then in alberta there's a real you know great spirit of folks building up their own companies so so we've we've been building this company punctuate theater it was started before me but we've been building it and taking it kind of nationally touring to cities and into community you know more through the before the pandemic and now we're starting to kick that back into gear so it's really great to be touring we were just in uh, Kamloops and uh, we did a reading in uh, Smoky Lake Alberta at the Smoky Lake Inn which was awesome I think the whole audience was was uh, Ukrainian folks and Métis folks and some Ukrainian Métis folks um, so that was uh, that was really special so so yeah it's going to be really cool to take this this show across the country because we were we were doing that with shows before the pandemic when it comes to writing plays, Matthew is no stranger and has written quite a few, but the first Métis Man of Odessa was written with someone else. Uh, first one I've co-written with my wife, so it's her first foray into writing, and I think she's already better than me, so so go figure. But uh, but no, I've written, um, we're, uh, we got a residency at the Theatre Centre here in Toronto, and I've I think this is my fifth or sixth show of mine that we've had happen there. So I've been very fortunate to have a theater center um, support my work. And I think all told, and maybe you've written around 10 plays. Um, and so, so yeah, it's just, uh, this is, this is the most, you know, specific to my life though. This is all, all a true story. And I've, I've never uh, written and, and done a full production of a true story like this. So it's pretty vulnerable for uh, both my wife and I. As Matthew said, this is a very personal play, and a lot of his inspiration for it came after a trip to Ukraine. Still don't quite know how I was let in, um, because I was, I mean, talk about this in the play, um, the, the, the travel restrictions have been lifted partially like in Germany and stuff, but technically 
you couldn't really get into Ukraine unless you had health insurance that covered you if you got COVID. But the problem was at that time, I'm not sure about now, that there was no insurer that was going to insure you uh, with COVID because, you know, it was just wreaking havoc around the world. Um, and so we were kind of told by a friend of a friend that, no, so long as you have some resources, they, they know that you won't put them on the hook for a hospital stay because it's a lot cheaper in Ukraine than Canada. But, um, but yeah, when I was getting on the plane, there was all these uh, American military contractors who were told they couldn't go to Ukraine and they were flipping out. Like, so a bunch of them didn't ever get on the plane from Turkey to Ukraine. And then when we got to, to, to Ukraine, a bunch of them were taken away by the border agents. And I know, know if they ever made it in. And then I went up to the border agent and they saw that I was from Canada and they just stamped my passport and let me in. So I was just, um, maybe because I wasn't screaming at them, but I was the last person in customs. I'm not very tall. And so I almost think that they actually didn't think anyone was left in customs because <laughs> there was only one agent working. And I kind of came up and the lights were kind of turned off. And so maybe they, it was just the just lucky, really. But we kept, because Odessa, where my wife is from, is a real a tourist magnet but because of the pandemic it was empty and so people kept saying how did you get in i think everyone just assumed that i bribed someone at a border crossing but that that never happened the writing process can be very different depending on the writer and matthew explained how he wrote the first metis man of odessa with this with this piece because it was our lives we had to kind of write everything out that it sort of happened and then the big challenge was sort of figuring out okay who are the characters in our lives who frequent, who kind of keep popping up in the story, like my mother-in-law Olga for sure is in the story. Obviously, our son Ivan, but there's other folks like uh, even my parents. We don't talk a ton a lot of, about because they're they're kind of here and there, and so we can't really lace them in through the whole story. So the big challenge with this show was just to be like, okay, what parts of the story of our lives work for a play, and what are better told, you know, just at the kitchen table or, or if we ever write a book. Um, so so distilling that was a big challenge. But yeah, so this process has been very different than, than any other play I've written in, in that regard because we just had, we had a ton of content and just had to cut, 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 cut and uh, try to distill something into the most, uh, yeah. I, I don't like going to the theater and, and, and feeling like, oh, that was half an hour too long. Like we want to keep this, you know, you know, tell all the important stuff, but but keep it very uh, not heavy. We want people to leave after seeing this, having you know maybe heard about what the personal effects of the war have been, and and the pandemic on our on our marriage and our family, but also to leave with hope. Um, we don't want people to walk off depressed into the night. Yeah, because because uh, that's not how we feel. You know, it's awful what's going on, but we don't feel hopeless. The first Métis Man of Odessa was originally not a full-fledged play. It started off as a smaller project that blossomed into what it is now, as Matthew will explain. Well, it's funny, you know, because I actually wrote uh, uh, like a radio play of the first part of this, uh, which was all about us finding out we were pregnant, me getting into Ukraine, having our baby. And that was sort of the end of it. It was like a 25-minute thing during the pandemic. And then the war hit, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, I think we have the second half to a to a full play." So part of it was already written, and then and then the war occurred, and we were like, "Okay, we know we've got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about here." The challenge with that was the radio play was like kind of like a romantic comedy, like pretty light. And then and then the war stuff, I was like, "Well, I don't want to have it like we're putting two different genres together." 
And so that was an interesting thing where, you know, there's still lots of laughs. I will admit my mother-in-law is, is, the, is the brunt of a lot of jokes <laughs> uh, after the war to kind of uh, make it not too heavy. She sort of is our antidote to Putin. But, but yeah, it's just uh, so it was sort of, sort of half written in another form. And then, uh, and then, you know, we had to work to incorporate all the things that have, that have occurred. Writing a play takes a lot of time and energy, a lot of drafts, and a lot of rewrites. But how long did it take the first Métis Man of Odessa to become what it is? Well, I think the first radio play I wrote in a, in a couple months. And then we decided we wanted to do this full, full meal deal less than a year ago. So that's, that's pretty accelerated. For, for me, usually it takes me a few years at least to write a play from conception to production. But uh, this, this piece, we were just really motivated to, to get her done because, you know, there's not a lot of plays right now happening to do with Ukraine, even though there's so many Ukrainians in Canada. And, 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 uh, and so we really wanted to show the, the human side to what's going on because I think people are getting a little bit um, desensitized to, to the news and just hearing the death count and all this terrible stuff out of there. They just eventually just turn it off. And so we want to talk about it in a different way. And obviously, we haven't been under missile attacks or, or directly, our lives haven't been directly threatened. And so it's a different experience. But, but yeah, this one, this one has happened faster than, than most. Inspiration can be drawn from personal experience, your surroundings, or the people around you. But what inspired Matthew to write The First Métis Man of Odessa? Well, I think, you know, my wife, Maria, uh, she's a remarkable individual. She really inspired me. Her curiosity uh, for Canada and for for the fact that her husband is Métis and her son is Métis that that's really cool to see to see and hear about her curiosity from someone who's not from here. You know, all this is kind of new. It's been really really cool, and I have the same curiosity about about Ukraine and where my wife is from, Odessa. She's a seventh generation Odessan, and then yeah, I think that you know you see that like that that saying like oh you don't know what people are carrying with them and that's really resonated with this with this experience because we've been living it as we've been writing it and i think uh yeah just sort of inspired to to talk about stuff that that you know that that people are walking around with in canada there's so many people from elsewhere and you have no idea um that like you know if you saw my wife on the street you think oh she's just some normal person going to the grocery store and not know that every single person she's ever known in her life in Ukraine has had their lives to- turned upside down or destroyed. And so that that uh, that's that's meant a lot to me. And so this is the small thing that we've been trying to do to to raise awareness, but also to celebrate kind of our our wild love story, which was sort of improbable. There's a lot of things that you can take from a play, be it either a message or just something that the playwright wants to get across. But what does Matthew want people to take from the first Métis Man of Odessa? I'm not sure if there's a specific message. I think that uh, that you know people keep saying we want people to keep Ukraine in our hearts, and and we definitely want that. Um, but I think to just take it sort of out of the headlines and into like the just the personal uh, is is how we would love people to sort of be be looking at it. Um, and if they know of Ukrainian refugees who live near them or. Or, or folks who need support to, to offer that, because I think that it's not even donations or stuff like that, it's, it's community. Uh, we were just in Kamloops, and it's remarkable how the community sort of come together to, to support a lot of, uh, of Ukrainian folks who've, who've come over. 
um, because I think, you know, obviously no one wants to be a refugee. Um, and the huge thing that people miss in terms of like everything about their, their old lives is this, is that community. So to, to, you know, to, to, to care and to, and to reach out, um, and know that these folks aren't, aren't coming to Canada because they, you know, they wanted to sneak in and get a good job. It's like, no, no, they want to go back. They don't want to, they, they're, they're happy to be here. They're grateful to be here. Many of them. Mm-hmm. But there's not, you know, they're, they're not here for economic purposes. If you're a writer or a musician, a lot of people can inspire or influence you to get you to where you want to be. But who are some of Matthew's biggest influences? Well, I went to school in Montreal, I think I mentioned, and I went to the National Theatre School. And there was a fellow there named Brian Drader who ran the, the playwriting program. He's from Winnipeg. And uh, he was very inspiring and uh, I think really helped, helped me believe that I, I was, was a playwright and, and could do this thing. And uh, I met uh, a woman there named Iris Chercott, who's passed away now. She was a dramaturg. And she was, she was incredible because she just made you feel that like stories were this essential thing. And to tell people, tell, tell, tell stories, tell our stories was, uh, was, was incredibly, incredibly important. And um, and she really instilled that in me and made me passionate about um, working to to build up early career writers and and folks who might you know their stories might not be getting on stage. Um, that uh, that that's been a big drive for me. So Brian and Iris, uh, huge huge inspirations. And then um, in 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 Edmonton, uh, as a remarkable woman named Christine Sakemo Frederick, who runs uh, Dream Speakers there the big uh, uh, Indigenous Film Festival, and she's been a, a dear friend and colleague and mentor. Just, just uh, She's just a keystone uh, for so many people in the, in the uh, arts in, in Alberta, and she's, she's just always been incredible uh, to me, so generous with her time and her spirit. And her folks are, are my elders, uh, Jerry and Joanne Saddleback, and they, they too are you know amazing people. But uh, but they they've always been um, incredibly kind and generous with me in my in my work, but also in in my life. So so yeah, very very inspiring. If I can if I can be one tenth of as amazing as those people, uh, I think I'll do. I've done okay. Just in case you're not able to catch First Métis Man of Odessa in Toronto coming up, here's where else you can find the show. Yeah, we're going to be across the country: Saskatoon, Winnipeg, uh, Edmonton, Vancouver. So, so yeah, folks know anyone else in those cities uh, that that encourage them to to check it out online. Punctuatetheater.com lists all our tour dates because we're doing the show over a hundred times this this year. So, it's going to be a wild ride. I want to give a big shout out to Matthew McKenzie for sitting down and talking to me about the first Métis Man of Odessa. You'll be able to catch that at the Theater Center in Toronto until April eighth.